Dear friends in Christ Jesus, I extend you all a very warm welcome to you once again to this Eucharistic celebration. Wishing you all a very happy feast day. Jesus Christ, he instituted the Holy Eucharist and the sacrament of holy order on Holy Thursday at the Last Supper. There were three priests. They died and went to heaven on the same day. At the pearly gates, St. Peter said to them, three of you are qualified for heaven. But unfortunately, we have a temporary overflow population in heaven we do not have room for you. After talking to Satan, Peter got some accommodation for them in hell. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was a very nice place, despite the immense heat. After a few days, Satan tracked down St. Peter and angrily said to him, we cannot keep those three priests here in hell any longer. Peter said, why? What's happening? Satan, clearly annoyed, said, well, your first priest is an excellent preacher. He is preaching all the time and converting everyone to be good people and gospel believers. And the second one, the second priest, administers the sacraments and hears confessions 24-7, absolving all the sinners of their sins, helping them repent from their sinful ways. And the third priest, he is a pro at compelling people to give large sums of money. Very quickly, he has collected enough donations to have air conditioning set up all over hell. <laughs> Dear friends in Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ instituted the Holy Eucharist and the Sacrament of Holy Order on Holy Thursday. And today for this evening reflection on this beautiful day, we are going to focus on three important actions that Jesus is doing in the gospel. Number one, Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. One of my priest friends, he told me when he was growing up, there were many rules about what he has to do, what he had to do at the dinner table. Just like in the first reading today, we heard Moses was passing information about Passover dinner. Guard your loins, sandals on your feet, staff on your hand, and eat hurriedly. Kind of instruction, my friend, when he was growing up, his family has got a set of rules. Obviously, everyone in their family was expected to wash their hands before coming to the table then wait, wait quietly while prayer was offered. You know, in scripture, Jesus said to his disciples, watch and pray. Well, in their house, 
they pronounced little differently wash and pray but there was another cleanliness rule in their house maintained this rule was that nobody sat at their dinner table at bare feet you had to wear shoes to the table he questioned that policy mom i am not planning to pick up my food between my toes why do i have to wear shoes and the mom would say because your feet are dirty and we don't want dirt at the dinner table mom what if i wash my feet at the same time as i wash my hands it sounds reasonable to him doesn't that sound like it would work no they are feet feet are always dirty put on shoe my dear friends feet are always dirty and that mom was she was practical lady but she was making a profound theological statement feet are always dirty we constantly walk through the valleys of temptation we wade through the swamps of despondency we climb over jagged boulders of despair we run down the slippery slopes of anger our feet are always dirty you see in the gospel our lord jesus on the night before he was betrayed he took a towel and prepared wash the feet of his disciples at the table jesus knew those feet were dirty jesus knew their lives were unclean jesus knew their hearts were impure he knew that he had the remedy he washed their feet the scripture tells us that when jesus came to peter peter tried to stop him lord you will never wash my feet jesus answered unless i wash you you have no inheritance with me my dear friends just like we do car wash to look to brighten up our car to look clean and neat and shining and we need washing and saint bernard he says baptism is a place where our original sins are washed the life with grace begins at baptism when we are washed at confession is the place we are washed on account of our sinful sin and we we are we lost lose the grace and there is a restoration of grace at confession taking place and we are washed with tears and jesus abundant mercy and when jesus came to peter and peter and he said not only my feet but also you wash my head also wash my hands and jesus peter was trying asking jesus to wash wash him everything and my dear friends and we need to submit every parts and part of our body to jesus because we need to submit our head to jesus our head it's filled with distraction anxiety and jesus has to wash them all we need to submit our eyes to jesus because it watches 
inappropriate things unholy things and we need to submit our mouth to jesus because our mouth speaks gossiping telling lie we need to submit our heart to jesus because it's filled with hatred so my dear friends and just like and the twelve apostles submitted themselves to jesus as jesus was washing and we need to submit every parts and parts of our body to jesus so that we will be wiped away from our sins and we will be made clean and second action jesus did in the gospel today and jesus he gave the supreme commandment and the supreme commandment love one another as i have demonstrated love for you and you demonstrate love for another and my dear friends jesus washed the disciples feet because he focused on the needs of others jesus he saw the disciples dirty feet and he walked away from the table meal table he was eating and he walked away and went to disciples feet and washed in the same way up in heaven jesus saw our dirty human hearts he left the heavenly abode came to earth in order to redeem us jesus took off his outer clothing in order to clothe us with the garment of salvation he wrapped a towel around his waist he emptied himself taking the form of a servant being made in the likeness of men he poured water into the basin began to wash disciples feet very soon jesus knew he would pour out his blood in order to wash away the sins of the humanity on mount calvary jesus he was concerned with the needs of others he was concerned with the needs of the humanity for its salvation and redemption in the midst of his suffering and torture shameful cruel death and what we do often we are obsessed with meeting our own needs the infant baby the infant cries until mom comes to feed the toddler misbehaves until dad stops playing with little sister and gives full attention to him at older age siblings often demand privileges at least equal proportion to their brothers and sisters adults often seek the highest paying jobs most comfortable homes most prestigious cars most extravagant vacation vacation possible often we are all focused on our needs but jesus here taught us a great example focus on others needs care about others and also there is a striking difference between jesus and judas here judas he sought personal advancement at the expense of others and but rather jesus he became servant he became slave for the benefit of us for the benefit of his disciples as jesus has taught us a great example and role model love one another as i have loved you and that is possible in our daily life if you start focusing on others needs 
when we pay attention to others needs and cares and concerns and definitely we will be able to actualize the supreme commandment that jesus has given on that night and the third thing jesus the third action he did jesus instituted the eucharist and the sacrament of holy order my dear friends do you know why did our blessed lord use bread and wine as a symbol of our offertory first and foremost in order to signify our unity with one another unity with him in him and in the mystical body of christ just as the unity of grains of wheat make bread just as wine is made up from many grapes see we who are many are one in christ my dear friends in the second reading today we heard st paul was talking about the institution institution of eucharist why he had to write this letter the corinthian church was bombarded with conflict there was division there was lack of kindness there was uncharity as as the result and eucharist is a sender in order to bring about the virtue in order to bring about charity unity in the church corinthian church he was writing eucharist and the second reason why blessed lord used bread and wine as a symbol of our offertory is that perhaps no two substances in nature traditionally have so much nourished man as bread and wine bread is the marrow of the earth wine its very blood in bringing bread and wine we are bringing those substances which have most nourished ourselves given us life just like bread and wine they nourishes with life and the body and blood of jesus nourishes with eternal life and the third reason why did our blessed lord use bread and wine as a symbols of our offertory the wheat and grapes have to suffer a great deal of sacrifice before it became bread and wine grapes have to pass through the getsemen of wine press before they can become wine wheat has to pass through winter then it has to be subjected to sharp sickle then subjected to factory and to fire before the wheat can become bread in the same way and the priesthood is a symbol of sacrifice and the role of the priesthood is very well exercised in offering sacrifice as well as making himself priest a sacrifice to god there are finest examples in the church history st ignatius of antioch st polycarp st maximilian golbe st john maria viani st pedro pio are the finest examples and they bear testimony to priesthood how much sacrifice it is needed to be a priest st maximilian golbe in the camps in the concentration camp making himself victim by by substituting himself with a young family man and st ignatius of antioch he said just like the wheat is crushed between the teeth of teeth of the grinder 
i will be crushed between the teeth of ferocious animal i will become the bread of christ my dear friends and priest he is a symbol of sacrifice sometimes the priesthood the priest of the the ministry of the priest is gone unnoticed many very often the ministry of the priest is misunderstood there is a powerful piece of write up about a priest under the title why the priest is always wrong and i am going to read out to you quickly and this is very thought provoking and little bit amusing also a priest is always wrong because if he begins his mass on time his watch is advanced if he begins a minute later he keeps people waiting if he preaches too long he makes people get bored if his homily is too short he is unprepared if he owns a car he is luxurious if he does not own a one he does not go with the times if he goes out to visit families he is always out if he does not he has no time for them if he ask for donations he is a money maker if he does not do it he is too proud and lazy if he takes time in the confessional he is too slow if he makes it too fast he has no time for his penitence if he renovates the church he throws away money if he does not do it he allows everything to rot away if he is with the youth he forgets the world if he is seen with women he is a playboy if he goes with men he is not normal if he is young he has no experience if he is old he should retire as long as he lives there are always people who are better than him but if the priest dies there is nobody to take his place amen